Today's episode is brought to you by Fretboard Biology, the comprehensive online guitar course put together by Joe Elliott. Now, Joe is not only a fantastic guitar player, he draws on his years of experience as the ex-head of guitar at the Guitar Institute of Technology and also at the McNally Smith Music College. Here's a few words from Joe about the course. If you're tired of wading through hundreds of random guitar videos and just want to become a better player, Fretboard Biology is your answer. Fretboard Biology is a self-paced, college-level program that will give you the right instruction, in the right amounts, and in the right order. You'll learn the same information I taught to thousands of other guitar players over 30 years of teaching in top music colleges. If you want to make real progress with your guitar playing, then sign up for a free 7-day trial at fretboardbiology.com. Hi there, you are listening to the Guitar Speak podcast. My name is Matt Wakeling and this is the show that I produce in Sydney, Australia, where I speak to leading guitarists and guitar figures from all around the world. Thank you so much for joining me. Now today, my guest is Randall Waller, an amazing Australian guitarist, singer, songwriter. We first spoke to Randall way back in episodes 23 and 24. Randall, of course, has an incredible career as a sideman, touring the world with people like Shania Twain, Rose Tattoo, Dragon, uh, Billy Thorpe, Keith Urban, of course, fronting his own band Avion back in the day. But today, Randall joins me to talk about his much-anticipated solo album, More, set to be released very shortly. I know there's a lot of our listeners will be super excited to know that Randall's releasing some stuff under his own name. The album's a cracker, and I had a great conversation with Randall all about it. Let's jump straight in. Randall Waller, welcome back to the Guitar Speak podcast. Mate, six years. Yeah. Where'd it go? No idea. Oh, it's yeah, boy, it goes quick, mate. It does. So we spoke in, in 2016, and yep. um, if anyone's listening to this conversation they haven't heard that, that's highly recommended because we got pretty deep and had quite a long chronological talk about your story. Oh, yeah. I, was, don't, I barely remember what we spoke about. I think there's some Shania stuff there. and There was. You know, there I was. Just, yeah. yeah, so all the back, the Avion, Bonnie Tyler stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, Might have talked about Dragon. That kind yeah. of stuff. And you, your own solo stuff yeah. previous. But we're here today to talk about your new record more. I was super excited to hear from you mm, late good. last year um, right. saying you'd yeah. wrapped it up. And, and yep. yeah, so that's cool. So I guess what's what's the origin story for this record? When did you decide to? Oh, gosh, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I started it um, before we left America. We moved back here in 2005. Yeah. So. Some of the guitar tracks uh, are still there from from that, particularly oh, wow. okay. uh, acoustic stuff. Yeah, it's yep. still from that. Um, there's a few other little bits and pieces that remain, but most of it's uh, uh, look. I would say eighty percent of it has been recorded in the last two three years, when okay. during lockdown, and you know, kick myself in the butt to you know get onto it and get it finished. You know, it's yep. just been a, a monkey on the back for a, uh-huh. a long. Time many years. Uh, some songs I wrote uh, thirty years ago, and but most are much more modern than that, and uh, much more recent. And uh, uh, yeah, so uh, it started. Oh, jeepers, I suppose during the second Avion record, um, we had a an engineer that um, didn't decided the moment I stepped in there that he just didn't like me. Uh, for some reason, and and it was just became a real a real slog, and uh, in the end, uh, another guy came in, Peter Blyton, who was who was just the savior of that of that record. The record company gave us two and a half days to kind of remix the whole thing, basically, and during that time, we re-recorded one track pretty much, and uh, it was just you know very very quick. But uh, that experience made me want to. I'll just turn this up a bit. That experience made me determined to learn to engineer myself. Oh, okay, and, okay. Uh, so during my time in London, living in London, I, I had a little studio at home, as you know, everyone does now, and uh, just taught myself to 
to engineer. And then uh, that led on to other things being hired to engineer and produce other albums for uh, I did a couple in America with uh, for some friends and um, and then came back here in the early 90s and uh, was working there was a studio called Eclipse that was a you know nice you know nice serious studio with a SSL in there and so I, I got to know all of that and it was just a house engineer did a, quite a few albums there uh, so, uh, and in between time was also uh, working in another studio up the Central Coast. So my days at back then through the 90s, mate, I was doing a, a duo with uh, my girl at the time and uh, I would get up, very often I'd get up at seven and drive up to the Central Coast and engineer all day from nine through to six, uh, hit the highway, come back, load up the van, go and start a gig at nine or, you know, something like that and do three forty fives and finish up at twelve thirty and pack up the van, get home at two and then get up at seven again and okay. all again. And uh yeah, mate, it was intense. Yeah. Yeah. Just crazy. It was a crazy amount of work. But learning to record drums, that was a bit of a uh that was a learning curve, you know, and uh cheapest um yeah, I never stopped learning that, that's for sure. Uh, but it was just great experience always and, and I was trusted by a couple of people to to do that stuff and uh, so it was just a great learning ground Uh, but all of that always in my mind was the idea that I wanted to put together my own record so that uh, and I didn't want to be at the mercy of an engineer when so that when I said that guitar is just it's just too soft and it's like oh well you can't do that you can't do that and there'd be all sort of guitar engineer speak about why you can't do this or you can't do that and I said well uh, as far as I'm concerned, there's faders there, and 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 they don't put ten on it if they don't want you to use it. <laughs> That's right, right. And and so just ha- <laughs> yeah. here we go. Here's how you do it: push the faders up. How about that? So and I found out that it basically is like that, and <laughs> and so <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, I just became determined to do it myself and not have to answer to anyone for good, for better or worse. Yeah, what yeah. you hear is me. I engineered it and mixed it and uh, played on a sang and wrote it and all of that with some great guests along the way. Yeah. So. Yeah. Awesome, man. Yeah, we'll definitely talk about the guests. Quite a few of them have been on this show as well. So that's, yeah, right. it was kind of nice to see some familiar names and yeah, good. hear them yeah. playing alongside you, which was super yeah. cool. Yeah, good. So I like that attitude, though. We're all mates and, and friends, and, and they, they've helped me out so much. You know, I'm so grateful to all of them. That's cool, man. I like I like that attitude, though, of do it yourself, make it sound how well, you want. And at least at least this one, I needed to, I needed to do that just yeah. for for myself. You know, basically yeah. just to. Um, I don't know, just some kind of uh, might be narcissistic or something. I don't know. I just wanted to prove that I could, you know. Yeah. And it's taken too long. But, you know, in the in the middle of all of that, uh, there's been trips overseas and, and raising kids and, you know, helping them with maths homework and yeah. doing lunches and being a house dad and while well, Susie's been working and she's been amazing to allow me the, the latitude to keep doing this uh, no. Yeah, so I've been very, very fortunate, Matt. Yeah, cool. And that's massive to, to have a vision for this, I guess, for a long time. And like I said, doing it over the last few years, it, you know, maybe a good quiet Particularly window yeah. to yeah. jump in and, and do the stuff you want to do to wrap it up. Man, the album yeah. sounds massive. So when you talk about oh, getting good. getting the faders to 10, um, <laughs> it's good to hear you were doing it. Yeah. You yeah, were doing it, that. Oh, good. I'm, I'm glad you think so. Yeah, great, mate. Absolutely. It sounds big to me, but, you know, uh, you know, I'm always second-guessing myself. I'm my own worst enemy, and many of the songs have been done and redone and redone and redone, and, and I feel like it still sounds fresh, you know. Uh-huh. So uh, that's what I'm hearing from people, so it's great. That's cool. I was going to ask, is there a tension when you're self-producing and writing and you're the guitarist and the vocalist and it, it, do any of those roles have attention, like to like you suggested, like to redo stuff or to well not redo stuff? I suppose the tension for me is um, when are you finished? Yeah. Okay. 
you know, you just got to at some point, you just got to put a full stop on it and just say, look, I'm I'm actually not a perfectionist. Some people think it's taken this long because I am, and I'm really not. You, anyone that really knows recording will be able to listen to it and go. Mm, that's interesting. Oh, yeah, listen to that. Oh, that 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 vocal part kind of went over just a tiny bit, you know. Uh, so I'm not a perfectionist, but I but I'd like to think I'm very very particular about songs, the songs themselves. Okay. And I would often go back and re-record a lyric uh, uh, lyrics just superfluous or redundant cliche lyrics just get up my kilt. You know, I, I can't stand it. So uh, I think that's perhaps what I'm most proud of is is the lyrics on this thing. It, it says it's kind of a life statement and it covers all the subjects you're not meant to talk about, sex, politics and religion mm-hmm. and, uh, and everything in between. And so um, I'm really quite proud of those those things. Uh, but, yeah, mate, the tension is when are you finished? Okay. Just, just, just call it. Yeah. This is fine. It's good. I might, you know, the law of diminishing returns. I might spend another ten hours on the song, and in the end, you put them side by side, and you think, actually, I like that about the first version. You, you know okay. what I mean? It's yeah, like, yeah. Chase your tail. Yeah. yeah. So, are you doing most of your recording in your home studio? Yeah, just right here, mate. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Where, yeah. Yep. Down in what used to be the garage. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Mm. It's where you see me right now, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's it. Hey, let's talk about some songs then. Um, yep. Left Behind and yep. and On the Brink. Maybe, I mean, they're different songs, of course, but yep. there's some chunky tuning. Are you, you tuned down to C on those? Yeah, yeah, yeah. down a tone with a, with a drop C. Yes. Okay, yep, so yep. drop D. Yeah, I really love, love that. Yeah. yeah. It's through um, my diesel Herbert here and, um, and all of that just into a, a Palmer. Speaker simulator. There, there was never a microphone near any electric guitars on this. Okay, it was all Palmer direct direct in, so I could record in the middle of the night with headphones and whatever. You know, um, it sounds. I mean, it sounds pretty real. I think you know, and it's, I love this amp. It's just a cracker of an amp. Um, yeah. So left behind. Um, whilst while I was in America, and we were touring around everywhere. You know, have you spent much time in America? No, I've, actually, I've never been to the States. Been okay. to Europe, been to Asia, but not. Right, right. So um, you, you you don't have to spend too long there, particularly if you go to San Francisco or, or Santa Monica in Los Angeles. The, the homeless situation there is just, you know, it's just out of control. Downtown LA has a, you know, there's a virtually a no-go zone. It's a tent city, you know, where, where people live, you know, and families and, you know, it's just horrendous. So, and so I got this crazy cockamamie idea that I would uh, write a book whilst we were touring and, you know, we went to all 50 states. Um, we didn't go to Alaska with Shania, but I went there with other acts mm-hmm. um, just everywhere. And and I thought, what a good idea would it be to interview homeless people and I would call it 50 Faces. I, I was the, the working title was 50 Faces. And I would just have a black and white photo, a really high-res black and white photo of them, and, and give a like a five to ten page um, synopsis of their life and how did how did you get here? What happened? You know? And I presume that I would find all kinds of perhaps engineers or professionals or or, you know, addicts or and and everything in between, you know, tradies or whatever, where things in America you you don't have to go too far wrong, but if if there's just a few things go wrong for you, um, there's no safety net there. Well, very very thinly uh, veiled um, safety net. Where if if you lose your gig, you lose your job, your wife leaves you, uh, that they foreclose on the house, you can't pay the mortgage. Like it doesn't take, and uh, you you end up there on the street, you know, and it's. It's not a long part for yeah, people okay. to do that. So that's what I expected to find. I went to a few shelters and, and I asked them. I remember up in Fargo, North Dakota, I was I was uh, I asked. I went to a shelter one day and I, uh, I went to the kind of office admin people and I told them what I was wanting to do and they just kind of looked at each other and I went, "Well, sure, if you can find someone that's actually willing to speak to you, you 
go for it, you know. I found one guy, a kid who was about 21 or 22, and I recorded his uh, his interview, which I still have, and, and uh, he told me his story. However, what became apparent very quickly was that so many of these homeless people actually are hiding. They are not interested in getting back into society. The whole pressure of mortgage, work, uh, family, uh, family pressures, paying, uh, paying for the car, you know, the picket fence and blah, blah, blah. It was it, it, that whole scenario had betrayed them, uh, particularly in terms of work life, and, and they were very happy to, to just um, opt out. You know, and some of them are hiding, some of them uh, uh, perhaps hiding from the law or, or whatever, and therefore showing a face and and telling their story, they're, a lot of them are yeah, not keen to do it. Yeah, you know? sure. So it, that was quite fascinating to me and it was very eye-opening. So I did interview two people and uh, a black guy on the steps of a church in Jackson, Mississippi, uh-huh. and this guy in North Dakota. But it became very apparent, especially with the guy in Jackson. He, yeah, he no, man, no, look, I just, you know, just leave me alone. Yeah, okay. And they didn't trust me. You know, it's very hard to build any sort of credible trust with these people. They think you're just there to make a dollar off out of their misery or whatever. Mm, and I was sure. going to, I wasn't making, wanting to make money out of it. I, just, I would have donated it to, you know, whatever. Um, uh, anyway, so that's where Left Behind comes from. And it's about a guy who's, uh, he sees a jet overhead and, and he sees it like people are going somewhere. People are, living their life and, and it gives him a sense of dread uh, in the end will I find that, that this is all just in my head you know mm-hmm. uh, my own in my own prison you know so that's that's what left behinds about on the brink is a uh, protest song basically yeah 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 very much a protest song and I'm not on board with everything that's happened over the last few years and i think there is as uh, more and more info comes out daily these days that uh, um, uh, jabs didn't work and don't stop transmission and, and you know and the uh shit that i got for for taking that stance and and just asking questions about it um with uh oh you know you lost friends and, and it's divided it's divided people all around the world you know so uh that's what that one's about and, and that's why the first line says bow down to your self-appointed kings see now they're slowly killing everything so <clears throat> that's what that's about yeah man you um i guess understandably with your with your view you, you're attacking that with a very modern rock mm, good kind of tune as well which uh yeah which which seems to draw on the on on your vibe on that for sure for well, sure. I think um, Richie uh, definitely uh, raises the uh, tone of that whole song. You know, when when his solo starts, it's uh, it's pretty explosive and mercurial. It's you know? killer. So I'm going to get to Richie, who's Richard Fortas, yep. Um, yep. maybe best known for Guns and Roses, amongst other gigs that, yeah. that he's, he's done. He's been in Gunners longer than Slashes. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Um, before we get to, to his solo, though, we hear yours, man, and you're killing mm. it. You're wailing. A couple of things I want to ask you, um, and mm. I've, I've loved your playing for a long time. Oh, I've thanks. been lucky enough to play with you once or twice, and you're playing, man, you're, you're super melodic and you rip, and your vibrato sticks out to me as being really thoughtful and considered. Yeah. I'm wondering, yeah. how much does being oh, a... that's great. That's lovely. Oh, that's great. What a compliment. Yeah, oh. love that. Definitely, definitely. Well, I feel the same about vibrato with, with singing as well. A lot That's of people think, ask, that yeah. they think that. Well, they think that singing is vibrato, and as lot and you're not singing unless you uh, are kind of warbling, you know. Yeah. And uh, the the album that put me onto that was the, the Reason by Huber Stank, okay. which my kids used to call Stankapoop. <laughs> <laughs> and that bloke, if you can find. A moment of vibrato on the entire album, it, mate. I, I'll I'll give you my house because uh-huh. there's none, and it just it taught me. And Chester Bennington was a great one for that too. Okay, yeah. Because people don't think about it, mate. They don't think they just go into autopilot or something. And 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 so I just tried to kick myself in the backside to to 
leach it out of my singing as much as I can. I okay. use it sometimes, you know, yeah, yeah. but thoughtful about it, and and it's not so it's not just automatic. Yeah. Okay, and then likewise for guitar. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, although that tends to be probably more of a habit than than my singing, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> yeah, interesting. I know you're a big Blackmore fan, and his vibrato is uh, oh, yeah, pretty so legendary. Good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it's awesome, man. Yeah, before we get to Richie Solo, that, that definitely sticks out on your stuff and on plenty of other tracks on the record. My, my solo, I, I'm, I've got to try to remember it. It goes tritone, doesn't it? Yeah, it's got those ascending kind of bends at the front end. Yeah. They're fun, man. Yeah, good. Great. Hey, um, so, okay, we can get to Richard now, but I wanted to talk about you first. Tell me about yeah. Richard Ford. How did you how did you guys meet up in the first place? Um, well, when I, I did uh, – a lot of people don't know. I did. I played with Rose Hadou for eight years yeah. uh, since coming back here to Australia. And uh, so we opened for them, as Rose Hadou always yeah. do, opened for Gunners in 2013. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, it's when um, you know, Bumblefoot and uh, AJ uh, – uh, DJ Akbar, I think his name is, uh-huh. was the guitar player, the other guitar player, three guitar players, and Richard. So I met him then, and we just hit it off, and we just mates, and he showed me a bunch of stuff that that he does, and he does this hybrid picking thing, which I'm still trying to uh-huh. work on, uh, you know, picking and you know with the fingers, you know, this sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he's just just a monster. So you know, I, I emailed him uh, a year or two ago, and I said, hey mate, look, I, I completely understand if you if you'd prefer not to but i'd love to have you play on a track and he said man it'd, it'd be an honor so he just did that's great and, you know i said mate invoice me shoot me some you know he said no way he's kidding <laughs> it's just it's just been a, a fun it's been a pleasure to do it so yeah how lucky am i that's right? cool man that's awesome yeah. yeah he goes nuts he gets quite chromatic and Oh, angular. Yeah. yeah, yeah I told yeah. him I wanted to be angry and angular. Yeah. And so. <laughs> I think he, he said, nailed it. <laughs> yeah, nailed. And I love that the thing at the end where he's going, I think he's just like tapping on the frets, like on the strings with the pick or something. Okay. At the end. Yeah. And it's on the flat second, you know. Yeah, killer. It's on C sharp. It's angular and naughty. Well, and he he's soloing over the the drop C kind of riffy yeah, parts yeah, as well, so that's that's a good spot for it. Yeah, very cool. It's a very modern rock vibe on that on good. that tune. You've good. like you've got big ears. Like, what are you listening to that that yeah, keeps right. so, stuff uh, fresh for you? Uh, I started the 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 first band that really took me down this particular path was Alter Bridge uh, and Miles Kennedy and. Uh, I heard uh, Metal Ingus on a just following. I was looking at Mesa amps and stuff, which I used to have a few of. Watching a, a guy on YouTube, and he had uh, the Mesa uh, preamp and and stuff, and he was he was playing along with this uh, Metal Ingus thing. It was Alter Bridge. I thought, who the heck is this? Uh-huh. And just you know, Google straight away and Miles Kennedy, and and it said, and he is um, currently uh, fronting Slash's touring band. I went. No way, because I knew Slash was coming. Yeah. This is 2010. Okay. And, uh, and I knew Slash was coming, and so I shamelessly – I just called Angry straight away. I said, mate, I'm just going to absolutely shamelessly exploit my relationship with you and, and ask you, could you please – Get us into the the slash gig because he slash any good mates, uh-huh. and uh, I said, would you mind doing that? I'd love to get back to. I'd just love to meet Miles. Uh-huh. I just and so he and I've been friends since then as well. Nice know, uh, to have a bit of a yarn to him uh, each time they've been out here. And you know, very first thing I said to him, I said, tell me, do, do you sing quietly? Because I had I had this <laughs> idea. I think it had to be. Yeah, he goes. Oh man, I sing so quiet, you wouldn't believe it. Well, <laughs> the higher I go, the quieter, quieter it is. Yeah. So, 
yeah, that, that, all of that is just picking up scraps of info along the yeah, way. Yeah, so I've, I've always sort of, in terms of trying to manage my voice, sure. uh, particularly when Avion was, you know, when we were doing a lot of work. We did, like, in 84, 85, we would do well over 200 shows a year, and so I really had to manage it carefully. So, uh, And so keep my head down and breathing here and, you know, didn't make in my guts and and just the higher it got, just kind of thinking thinking up and not trying too hard, and which makes you push sharp. And we'd listen to the desk tapes all the time, and i think, oh, Randall, that's horrid. What are you okay. doing? And just gradually learn and beat it into shape and sometimes be even just like whispering on the mic, you know, okay. which made nightmares for the sound guy, of course. Uh, too bad. So, so, <laughs> so yeah. But that was uh, that's where I've met Miles, and and that band has been pivotal in um, my journey. Other bands like uh, I like I've liked Papa Roach quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, Shine Down, that particularly the Sounds of Madness. I love that record. That's that's all Diesel Herbert and a single cut PRS, okay. which is which is what um, Left Behind and on the brink are. Oh, okay, uh, that's Very where cool. I got that thing from. And it turns out Miles uses Diesel Herberts as well. Um. Uh, yeah, so that that stuff for the kids who put me on to bring me the horizon, mm-hmm. uh, which is just a great, gr- amazing bunch of guys, and uh, Mackie, my son, who is just a, a complete devotee of um, per- uh, Periphery. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard much of that. Yeah, it's yeah. Just mental next level yes. stuff. So, uh, which of course my stuff is nothing like, but that's it's all informed my choices and are there any other guests on the record that uh, you want to talk about um yes there is yes there is um you know strangely uh, i have kids you know well she tells me they're they're mine i don't know <laughs> you know i don't know and it's old-fashioned to worry isn't it <laughs> I, I pay for them so you know i don't care anyway uh i have kids that are at school that i pay for and uh <laughs> You gotta have a laugh, mate. Um, and uh, so I've been cajoled into, uh, uh, like, uh, corralled into playing in the school band mm-hmm. for the school musical. Nice, nice. And so, yeah, yeah, nice. Like when, like I, like I mentioned, I do read, but this is like this is like a, a centimeter thick book of chord charts and and notes and, uh-huh. and you know what do they call it Fl- you know fly you know all yeah, the notes fly paper. <laughs> yeah you know all of that and so uh yeah so i've done that a few times uh uh the most recent i think was high school musical which was actually a little more my style we've done Call. i've done a few a few of uh-huh. these anyway sitting beside me was it was a, a guy who's become a good mate of mine, Steve Dixon, and mate, hell of a bass player. My uh-huh. gosh, he's playing this Tobias five string thing, and he's just reading this stuff like like it's, you know, it's second nature to him. It's not second nature to me, you know, because I'm used to going one, four, six, you know, yeah. two, five. You know, I'm used to doing that. Um, and and he was just so gracious and. And he's become a great mate. So, uh, and I know he loves his metal, right? Uh-huh. Uh, and, and it turned out his wife uh, was a bit of a fan of my funny little silly old band back in the day. Right? <laughs> anyway, so we've become good mates. And I said, mate, I, I've got this song, and it's the opening track, Left Behind, right? Yep. Uh, so it's important mm-hmm really important uh, and uh, I just listened to it again today actually uh, and I said mate I, I've got this it's it's a really tricky part and it's got sort of quite a lot of like strange intervals and it's got minor seconds and stuff in it so uh, let mate would you mind coming over and giving it a go which he and his uh, his sound has always been like great, and he's got this great little. Uh, I forget, I forget what it was, but it's got this uh, kind of a growl knob 
on it uh-huh. that if you put it up, it's kind of an overdrive kind of a thing. Uh, oh, man, it, it was just a great, great tone for the song. And um, and so we did that and there was – mate, it, it's it's – Really tricky because he's doing like minor second, and then the minor second goes up like one one five one five nine, I think something like that, and then back to the one. <laughs> it's it's really tr- really tricky, and he just mate he he freaking nailed it. it <laughs> it's was a big so part. Good. It he sounds massive it, on the it's tune. Not easy. Uh-huh. It's not easy, and that's why because on quite a few of the tunes I play the bass, which okay. is. A bit embarrassing because people say, "Oh, do you play guitar?" Yeah, I play a, I play bass enough to edit. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> right? Yeah. So I do that. Yeah. No, no. He he played the damn thing. It's like, That's yeah, killer, man. And, it is so, a great and part. He, and I said, "Mate, I've got to give you some money." He said, "Go on, get out of here. No way." You know, he's he's a beautiful soul, and uh, and his kids are good friends with my kids now and it's nice yeah. that's really cool so uh, i yeah he's a he's an absolute champion if anyone's looking for a bass player in sydney to do anything if it's reading or anything else awesome man steve dixon he's a d-i-x-o-n he's a champion absolute champion very cool what are you tuned to in that song as well it sounds like another down tune uh, it might be uh, i think it's drop drop c again okay yeah uh, pretty sure it's a toned down drop C, which is my yeah. go-to. Yeah, it's on a bunch of tunes, yeah. Yeah, it's on a few, yeah. That's, I think that's on the brink as well. I think it's uh, God Complex. There's a, there's a few that are like that. Yeah. Randy, you mentioned earlier um, Rockstar might be one of the first tunes to get released. Yep. Tell me about that yep. one. Yeah, okay. Yeah, well, that's that's what people are telling me. And, and uh Mate, seriously, I'm so close to the whole project. Uh, I think I'm not the best person to choose, but but that one keeps coming back from different people mm-hmm. um, uh, in the entertainment uh, sphere, let's say. And uh, uh, gosh, rock star. So <laughs> the opening line is: I had a real job one time. <laughs> it was a very bad morning. Right, because <laughs> I've never really had a real job. Uh-huh. Me, like I did work for my dad for a little while when I was about. Oh, I just come back from America when I was doing that those early records, and uh, and I had to do deliveries for my dad, and that in that involved getting up early, which was problematic. <laughs> uh, Absolutely, you could call it problematic for a musician. Anyway. Um, uh, but but the gist of it really comes from the second verse, uh, because uh, whilst we were living overseas, we were living you know it, we had a house in Nashville, but but we were uh, pretty much all the time uh, on the road. We, in that first Shania tour, we did uh, five hundred thousand. We did half a million kilometres. Wow! In a bus, in a bus. Bruce and me. that's not including um, that's not including air air, uh, air travel. Okay. Uh, in '99, I did over a hundred thousand k's just on United, that, and that and that doesn't <laughs> include any of the others. You know, there was a whole bunch of other airlines as well. Okay. So, mate, it was ju- it was just ridiculous. There were the amount of travel that that was involved. So, so we we're living overseas, and we come back. And I think maybe it was early 04 uh-huh. and the Stones were here doing – they had a three-mode show where they were doing stadiums, yep. arenas, and they also played at the Enmore. Can yes. you imagine seeing the Stones at the Enmore? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Come on. Who wouldn't want to be there? Absolutely. So I'm driving along. Uh, and I can't listen to music radio. Who can't? Uh, you can't listen to music radio because it's either, you know, K San on one station or it's, okay. you know, on the other station, right? And so I'm listening to talk radio and there's a panel on. It's a Friday afternoon. There's some panel on, on ABC talk radio and they mention, oh, the Stones are playing tonight at blah, blah, blah. 
and, and one of the one of the younger ones says, "Yeah, yeah I'm go I'm going to that." Oh, why would you go to that? Oh, you got to be kidding! Like what? Oh, yeah, they're going to wheel them out in wheelchairs and Zimmer. Get on these, on these absolute heroes. Now, look, I'm not a huge Stones fan. I've got a couple of their albums. I've seen them a couple of times. Mm -hmm. Like, great. And, like, much Good Lord. They're, like, 75 years old. They're still doing it. And they're doing it a lot better than a lot of the 25-year-olds, right? Sure, and so I think, yeah. uh, look, it's not, it's not um, hero worship. It's just respect for you, bro. Absolutely. Stones, mm -hmm. and I'm thinking, are you? You've got to be kidding me! Your your pontifications here in this radio hour, whatever it is, are going to disappear into digital heaven before you can blink. Whereas people are going to be singing these songs, these guys' songs, in forty years. You know? Sure. And I'm thinking, who the hell do you think you are? Just have some respect. And yet, at the same time, I'm seeing, okay, here it is. I'm seeing, check this out. I've got a, I've got a little um, archive in my way. Rockstar, here we go. They love to bandit about me. UTS. UTA among the rock stars of international qualitative research. They're rock stars of qualitative research. Apparently, qualitative research has rock stars. What does that mean? Then, cash out fishing. Rock stars of sport fishing. Rock stars of racing to touch down in Warrnambool. Data scientists are the rock stars of business. Why Andy Griffiths and Jeff Kinney are the rock stars of children's literature. Australia's top 100 knowledge leaders are the rock stars of new innovation. And yet, the real rock stars, they disparage and ridicule. And any real rock stars in this country have been regulated out of existence. And, and it just makes me sick. To hear these people on ABC, right? Oh, why would you go to that? It was like, oh, it just, mate. I'll tell you what, it just gives me the shits. It just, it sends me over. It sent me over the edge then, back in in '04, and it's made me worse ever since. So that's that's where the lyric comes from. I won't play your game. I feel no shame. I won't play your game anymore. Um. And and uh, the second part of that, uh, this, so the second verse is, uh, so there's a rock star of fashion world. Get out, you never, ever played a note. And there's a rock star of real estate, yet the real ones you hate. I, you, you steal our words and more. You're pissed up against the wall. You're just a culture whore, no more. And they are, they're culture whores because the real rock stars to which they compare all of these other people, well, what are you, what, are you going to throw them out with the real rock stars as well? Apparently not. Oh, no, they're actual rock stars, apparently. apparently. Give me a break. It's embarrassing. So, yeah, that's where it comes from. It comes from a place of anger. I'm okay. freaking angry. Yeah. I'm angry about it. There you go. It's an angry riff. It's another uh, yeah, tuned down yeah, right. riff. Yeah, yeah, but it's there's some prettiness about it too. I yeah, know. I think when it goes to the four chord, you know, yeah, that bit goes to that four thing. I yeah. kind of like it. It's a little bit pretty, but you know, probably too pretty. But well, it's it's I, it's definitely hooky. And it's hooky as well. Maybe that's why people are talking about well, it being yeah, a, well, that's why it a first track out. Yeah. yeah, nice, man. Yeah. It's got Thanks a very... for putting up with me, mate. Oh, pleasure. Pleasure to hear the, the backstory. Yeah.
It's got yeah. a cool, um, it's got a really trippy sort of halftime solo section. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah, digging that. Does. I like the, the, the clean kind of... That triplet kind of a... Yeah, thing throughout the middle. This episode is brought to you by Fretboard Biology, a comprehensive online guitar course put together by Joe Elliott, ex-head of guitar at the Guitar Institute of Technology and the McNally Smith College of Music. I was one of the beta testers for the course and can say as a music educator, I was really impressed by the logical sequence of learning. The course has also been endorsed by players such as Brett Garson and Greg Cop. For more details, check out the links in our show notes. Yeah, nice, nice. <laughs> you mentioned recording some acoustic stuff in the States. The acoustic mm. guitars sound beautiful. Mm, good, yeah, they're great guitars though. Man. Yeah, Got who, two Taylor 710s. Okay. One is a uh, – one's got the cedar top. Uh, hang on. This is the one – this is the one I used on the second Shania tour. Okay. And, yes, it has the electronics in it but no cutaway, clearly, and it's a yeah. spruce top. Uh-huh. Right? But they – before they made this, they made what I think is an absolute masterpiece. Sorry, mate. It won't be a tick. Here it is. Uh, they happen to be here and out of their cases, which is remarkable. This is cedar top. Okay. And it's it's really different and weird, and, and it just has a zing about the top end. Ooh, it's out of tune. Yeah, so, uh, and with the colorway, it's just, I use that on the first Shania tour. So okay. between the two of them, um, on, on, uh, love goes on. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I had a DI uh, had them plugged in, but most of the sounds coming from uh, a Rode mic, a Rode Classic, okay. and uh, and the Panda. He starts with just one on on the right, I think, and and then I doubled it and went through the whole thing. Yeah, doubling cool, man. That's yeah, nice. I love love that noise. Yeah, are you playing an Ebo on that tune as well? Ebo. Yeah, yeah. nice. Yeah. Goes all chaotic at the end, yeah. Good way yeah, to go. Like... <laughs> That's awesome, man. Um, let's talk about more guests. Here's a good one: the Budapest Scoring Orchestra. Oh yeah. How do you get mate. them on your record? Uh, well, mate, you know, uh, so I got a really good mate over in the, in the US, and he and I sort of uh, at I gave him like a pretty defined brief as to how I wanted the strings to be arranged, mm-hmm. and he's a keyboard guy, a keyboard string arranger guy, and uh, Kurt Gobel is his name. He's just a great fella, good, good mate, and uh, super clever. And so he arranged the strings basically for that, and put on sounds that were sort of good at the time but by the time it got through to last year or you know middle of last year i thought eh, these are kind of showing their age a little bit i'd like to rather have something uh more real on it mm-hmm. and uh i got another friend here um sean uh good lord i've got a mental block sean peter who's a super clever guy and i knew that he had i think is it the strat of stradivarius string samples i think that he used to cost a couple of grand to, yeah, to get right. these really uh, brilliant string samples. And I said to him, uh, mate, you know, would you be able to replace? I, I like the part here. The, all the parts are good. Uh, can I just shoot it to you and you replace it with better sounds? He, he had it for a week or two. He said, mate, look, I'm snowed under with stuff. He does lots of work with musicals and things like that. And he was doing a lot of work overseas, Singapore and wherever. And, uh, and he said, mate, look, what you should do, he said – Look up the Budapest Scoring Orchestra. Every couple of weeks they do what they call shared sessions. These guys are doing sessions like morning and afternoon every day. Wow. And they're doing, you know, movie soundtracks and, you know, just anything and everything you can imagine. And they are just masters, you know. So I had a, a – he put me onto another guy who scored the entire thing, listened to I gave him the isolated string tracks, and uh, he scored the whole thing. Uh, sent it over to them, and uh, they booked me in for half an hour. Okay. So they do shared sessions. It cost you basically a thousand US dollars. Yeah. For half an hour, and they gave me four takes with twenty-two tracks. Wow. 
and there's surround there, there's like there's you know there's distance mics and there's there's close ones on four of the violin, uh, first violins uh, 12 first violins 10 seconds eight violas six cellos and I could have had four double basses but didn't really have a use for them so and the cellos are only in the the middle section of the hunger okay but uh, Mate, and they just could not have been more helpful. The conductor was a young guy. He says, Randall, thank you for the wonderful music. You know, I think they're not, they're not used to playing on, on such such stuff, you know. But they were just brilliant and, and so helpful. And, and I just stressed to them that it, because it's quite um, precise and um, metronomic in terms of the part, they're, you know, it's kind of like cashmere or something. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure they copied me on that. And, uh-huh. <laughs> um, and uh, so he says, uh, "Tell me." Uh, so after they finished the second, the second take, he says, "So, master, do you have any notes for us? How is the articulation? Is, is it is it fine enough? Is it fast enough?" Yeah, because I found that orchestras can be a bit lax on timing. You know, oh, okay, okay. Uh, but uh, no, mate, they were just on it, and it was just a life changing experience. Yeah, yeah. They were playing my songs in my song in in Hungary. You know, it okay. was really brilliant, and it you know it wasn't expensive. And I just wonder how they do it for that much money. But mm-hmm. anyway, all of that to say, the the budget that the Arts Council gets here mm-hmm. is something like I think it's something like one hundred and fifty million dollars in round figures, one hundred and fifty million a year. The Arts Council of Australia, fifty five million of that goes to the biggest cover bands in Australia, the Sydney Symphony, the orchestra, yeah. Adelaide, Perth. That's it. Now, um, I think it's great that they're around, but it's our money, it's our tax money that is paying for that, and we have absolutely no access to something like Budapest. Mm. Why? Why? Doesn't seem right to me, but anyway... So I had to go to Hungary to uh, to find an orchestra to play it. Let's go offshore, man. Yeah, that's awesome, Bart. So you were so we're pick up. So you're listening into the session as they're doing it, and they're zoomed in. Yeah, just oh, zoomed. how exciting, man! Yeah, it was thrilling, absolutely thrilling, and it will change the way I write now that I know that that's available. Yeah, okay. So I'll write with that in mind. You know? Yeah, fantastic, mm. fantastic. Um, Joel McDonald. Well, I'll talk about a few. We'll keep talking guests, I guess. Um, yeah, sure. I'm jumping around a bit, but Joel McDonald, um, who spent a little bit of time in Rose Tattoo. Um, yeah. They've had a few guitar players in and out since you. Oh, we've we've all had a <laughs> we've all had <laughs> a turn. <laughs> yeah, uh, great, but, great fun. But Joel, Joel's awesome. Young, Good young bloke, killer. Freak I know. You, I know you've done a bunch of things with. With him and the uh, the Frankie's World famous band as well, which yeah. is uh, which is very cool. Yeah, did you record? I'm talking. The track is the best days. Did you record that song together, or are you just sending parts? Sure did. Yeah, right here. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, I'm going to post it later on. I've got because uh, I, I set my phone up to record it, and nice. so then I, I did cherry pick the the sort of the best, or not the, not necessarily the best. Uh, kind of because we took a couple of bars each, sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, back and forth. Four bars each. Yeah. Uh, and so I took the the ones that were worked cohesively with with the others. But when I post it, I'll just post the raw bones. And, and mate, keeping you can't keep up with Joel. Like it's, it's, <laughs> mate, he is just next level. My gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's a it's a bit embarrassing uh, me playing alongside him, but. You know, oh man, I wouldn't say that, but he is killer. Oh, well, mate, you know, he's, he's, he's just no, just a different echelon. But having all of these guests on raise raise the bar on the whole project and and really give it, I think, give it credibility. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Mm. Let's just keep talking guitar players. There's, there's yeah. so many good guests. Uh, this this pod's got a little bit of a bias. Chris Kemzalis, lovely bloke. Oh, he's a champion. Yeah, and a. Strat wielding maniac that yeah yeah crazy he's yeah, yeah. Got a cool I think vibe. his solo though on wilderness it, it's very measured isn't it yeah 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 melodic it's quite, yeah it's beautiful and and yeah. just 
is perfect for the mood of the song and, and for the lyric. I think and he, he nailed that just beautifully and didn't try to um, blast his way out of it at all, which yeah. is that's not Chris's nature to do that. That's yeah. why I chose him to do the song because yeah. Yeah. it's quite a, a busy riff underneath it. Mm-hmm. And so uh, he... Yeah, he did a great job. Yeah. yeah. Great soul. Love love Chris. Yeah, sweet guy. Absolutely. Um Erwin Thomas. Some of us know him <laughs> as Jack Jones. Another freak of nature. Good <laughs> Lord, seriously. It it is an embarrassment of riches, isn't it? It is, it is. Yeah, You've just lined yeah. him up. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. He's- He's just a monster, and and he was just getting to know the Axe FX. So it, it, that was oh, okay. his Axe FX three, which it, you know, once again, of course, it sounds real. Yeah. Um, and it, uh, so he just did several several takes and just kept saying, "Yeah, well, okay, have a listen to this, mate." And he'd send it over and go, and then he go. Yeah, no, hang on, hang on. I'll just do another. Hang on, hang on. I'll do another one. And so he'd do that, and then he'd send that over. He goes, no. No, hang on a sec. Hang on, I've got another idea. And so, okay. you know, it formed like that. So, nice. you know, I, I can't say we would work together on it, but, but uh, yeah, he was super generous and just so much fun. He's he's a great bloke. I love love Ozzy. Awesome, And man. what a singer. My gosh. Yeah, yeah. Freak. Yeah, well, I mean, he's working with the original gangster here. You're singing and wailing on guitar yourself. I think he's uh... – uh, well, yeah, I, you know, I, yeah, I, mate. Compared to these these guests, I mean, seriously, I'm I, I, I'm not being falsely modest. I know I know where I can make myself sound okay. You yeah, know? yeah, no problem. But but I, I have a pretty realistic view of uh, where I sit in the scheme of things. <laughs> but I'm I'm honoured to have them all there. Yeah, that's cool. When you've got lots of guitar parts going again, maybe on a song like "On the Brink," but. Um, this might be more an engineering question, mm. perhaps. How, how do you keep the clarity when you've got lots of really very thick guitar tones going on? Yeah, because uh, I reckon I reckon the tunes do that, and it's it's probably easier said than done. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Um, I did have to. There was a couple of tracks I needed to thin out a bit. They were getting a bit messy, um, but but really. Um, you, on that one, all there is is um, well, let's see, look, um, I have a guitar pick on me. Yeah, um, all there is really on that is. Uh, let me just grab a guitar. Mate. All there is is. There's just that, uh-huh. which is the main riff. I don't know if you can hear that much, can you? Sounds a bit goofy on the Skype, but it'll probably sound better on your mic. So yeah, that's okay. cool, yeah. That one. Uh-huh. But then all there is above that, and I can't even remember how I played it now, is, is that... Just playing octaves. And yeah, that's, okay, yeah. That, that's it. Uh, so it's just brutal double riff uh, with that line up the middle. So that one wasn't too bad. Um, there was uh, The bridge of God Complex was a little bit... Uh, tricky. Uh, uh, the panned guitars in that are really cool, yeah, and busy. Yeah, dat, 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 I love that part. Yeah, <laughs> there's some parts that just really uh, I find just make me smile. Yeah, uh, but the middle eight in that there's uh, there's a part uh, that I wish I could have pushed out more, but uh, but something has to go, you know. So okay. anyway. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a very valid question, mate. And I, I, I hope it comes through that that it doesn't sound too, too dense. You know. Yeah. Like, like I said, the, to me, I mean, it's just my ears too. But yeah, the the, part, the tones sound fat, which is awesome. But, awesome. but yeah, so, there's a there's a clarity to hear the parts. Chunky, does it? Yeah, man. Great. Good. That's 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 what I'm hearing anyway. Yeah. What about yeah. tones, like? Because you've done a lot of recording, maybe, maybe this is built in, but um, are you like pulling bottom end out of tones that might be a little fat alive, perhaps? Uh, you know, yes, 
yeah, probably rolling off. I mean, certainly in the bottom end of kick and kick and base, rolling off from eighty pretty okay. much. Yeah. Um, and then, but guitars also thinning, thinning down from say two hundred down, trying to keep it, okay. keep it under control and keep yep. it tight and you know that sort yeah, of thing rather yeah, yeah. rather woofy and stuff because it can get real, that that kind of tone, that high gain tone can get real woofy and nasty. Yeah. You know, take over the track and, and cloud everything and make it mud. Yeah. And it's it's funny the different eras too. I remember in the nineties there were bands, um, especially when extended range, you know, seven and later on eight string guitars, like people mm. were pulling out subs for their guitar rigs. The bass players were wondering what to do. Uh, yeah, no. I yeah, think no. everyone realized quickly it's just counter sounds bigger. Counterproductive, yeah. Yeah, cool. Hey what what other guitars are you playing on the record? So you said um, the PRS ones? Uh, yeah, yeah, PRS uh, double cut, which I... Oh, I that's cho- the X guitar. Yeah, oh, they all got X on. Oh, they all do. Okay, okay. Yeah, pretty much. Well, pretty much all. Um, that one, and I've got a, a PRS single cut. It's a Tremonti thing. Nice. Um, and that still has the original pickups in it, original passives and a lot. That yeah. That ended up being probably the go-to because yeah. it was always tuned down and always always is. Yeah. Um, this one I played a lot too. This uh, Stratocaster over here, and the the metal Strat as well that I used. That's the the main guitar used on the Shania thing. That's a a uh, profile. I copy. remember that guitar. Don't tell Fender. Yeah. No. So, yeah. So that, that's a good one. <laughs> is that, a, that is that the I've original that. profile? Because I remember you had a profile with the Floyd and one without. That's, is that, yeah. is that the Floyd one? That's the one. Yeah. Oh, man, that's epic. Yeah, that's the one. That's the original one. And, yeah, uh, uh, had put that on in America. And, yeah. yeah, it's just a great guitar. bought it for 200 bucks. Yeah, awesome. And, you know, gutted it. Every piece of metal on it has been changed, of course. So, yeah. Uh, so those and oh, a couple of others here and there, Music Man Bass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's about it. Very cool. I remember when you talk about low output pickups, I remember years and years ago, mm. <coughs> pardon me, actually I think it was the Rebel Yell Guitar Challenge in the early 90s. Mm. You were in the house band with Dave Holmes mm. and yeah. and those guys. I remember you I saying they made you play the Ibanez guitars. So Dave was fine because he already had an RG. I think it was an RG or something. That, I don't know what it was. But, but it was his own guitar. But you had to use, you had to, Find well, the Ibanez to, you liked. Had, had to, uh, and we had to use that and PV fifty one fifty. That's right. That's right. Yeah, Australis or something. So uh, we, I had to go and choose one of these Ibanez guitars, and I yeah. plugged it, that in and played it for a bit, and then unplugged it and plugged in a white Stratocaster that I put. It was a yeah. Pizzicaster, you know, yeah. and that I built that had EMGs in it, and, it uh-huh. and the difference was just embarrassing. Yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> you know, that. That Stratocaster just it just had the Ibanez for breakfast. Yeah. Um, and so, I, but I also had my 100 watt Super Lead Marshall behind the cat behind. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it was probably the best ad for the 5150 ever. <laughs> um, but yeah, it just yeah, I couldn't I couldn't do the 5150 thing uh-huh. now. I, but I'm a PV fan now. I've got yeah. two, two of the PV classics. Oh, okay. Yeah, fantastic. Together for, for gigs, you know, just pub gigs around here. Yeah. And I was loving to death, and I yeah. think the, those EVH ones are mighty too. Yeah, so, yeah right. I don't know. It was, the, it was early days of 5150s, and they were yes. just a bit brittle and, I don't know, a bit nasty. Yeah. They, they, were, they were hard work. I um, yeah, yeah. Work, yeah. But I remember you saying, I think with the Ibanez, you're saying the good guitars have the high output pickups, but you like low output pickups, which yeah, means yeah, you have to decide yeah. if you're going to play the better guitar or the. Yeah, all of these EMGs are as low output as yeah. I can get, especially in the neck. This yeah. one here, EMG, do this one. This is an SA, a single coil. Oh, okay. That they put into a humbucker chassis nice. so that, and so it's still, you can get, still get a little bit of a throaty neck ah, pickups. Very cool. Mm. Very cool. I was too young and dumb to understand what you meant back then. But these days, I play low <laughs> output. And I'll be, oh, I remember Randall. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Well, then you push the amp, you know. Yeah. And and that's where the that's where the magic is, I think. You that's know, all the of these is. things are just as low output as I can get, which is still 
a bit higher, really. I prefer they were a bit lower. But anyway, uh-huh. they, they sound good. That's cool. Hey, so what what are the plans for release? Um, mm. I know you've mentioned videos and, and yeah, yeah. I've just been over at a mate's place today. He has a, a production facility over at North Sydney, talking about uh, uh, doing a listening party in the next few weeks, uh, and uh, where we do this, and I'll just have a little chat a bit before each song and, nice. and invite everyone I possibly know I'll invite you yeah. to come over to the studio and, and have a listen to it he has a, um, a, a guy who works there his name is Pete Purcell and he is an Academy Award winner he won the the sound mixing award for Fury Road Mad wow, Max cool. and so he just helped me last week do an Atmos surround mix of The Hunger with the orchestra in it so that's very exciting, and uh, they've got a just a gigantic PA system in there where he mixes sound for movies and action movies and wow. IMAX, you know, movies and stuff. So I'll listen to it in there, and we'll have it catered and you know, have some fun and nice. just blast people. Um, yeah, and I was also talking to him about uh, the ideas for film film clips, which I suppose we'll try to knock out two or three, and then drop those songs on social media first and yeah. and um and then the album perhaps in, in a few months you know so yeah it's hard to know mate it's ha- what do you do to to rise above the the static you know there's yeah. so much going on and and you know uh, you know you know short of wearing what uh sam smith wore at the grammys the other day you know what, what do you do to to be noticed yeah, sure. <laughs> you know i'm not i'm not really built for that kind of thing yeah. yeah it's a strange time it's it's another animal after you make the music isn't it yeah well it's a yeah it's just another whole job yeah so i've got some good people helping me uh, with that so we'll, we'll see what happens i'm not sure if it might even be a label thing i'm, I'm not sure I'm not okay. sure where we are at this point release coming up where, where are you placed now um are you still writing stuff any thoughts of uh, always playing? Just, just always, never stop. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've got several songs on the way for right. for another, one, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll see what happens with this one. <laughs> yeah, I know it's it's kind of premature. It seems rude of me to ask, actually. But does the yeah, no, no, not at all. But like, it's just it, you either you know it just it just happens, and yeah. you know, constantly putting little humming melodies into my phone and recording them, and just yeah, always and lyric lines and stuff yeah yeah awesome. so yeah like look we try and get this one out of the way first maybe do some shows and see what happens you know yeah. give it a red go yeah why not mm. fantastic where's um where's the best people to, where's the best place rather to for people to find out where what you're up to and uh, i'll yeah. normally put everything on facebook i suppose yeah. facebook and insta yeah uh, uh i suppose that's pretty much it uh I don't know. It depends if we if we get a label on board. Maybe it could be more mainstream. Uh, hopefully, sure. we can get you know once the uh, videos are done. I don't know. Get them on TV somehow. And not that you know people don't like when there's rage. I suppose. I mean, where else do you put the videos? Like, yeah, I don't know. I'd know anymore. YouTube. I, that's yeah. A, that's a weird well, time. Yeah, that's right. And I yeah. suppose it'll have to go on Spotify and stuff. I don't even know how Spotify works. The kids show me. I, I don't have it on my phone, yeah. so I don't know. Yeah. No, all good. Well, the album itself, though, is fantastic. So congratulations. Um, Thanks. Stoked you got it out. As I said at the start, I was very excited to hear from you um, mm, that you're ready to uh, have a chat about it and you got the, you, yeah. your tracks all together. And, mm. man, I mean, the guest list is unbelievable, but your playing and singing is is ripping as. Oh, great! Well, oh, thanks, mate. As oh, a lot of fans you know, of yours would know. Dario and uh, and Pete Drummond on. Oh yeah, palaces. Well, palace of sand. Yeah, not a bad rhythm section. Yeah, not bad. Yeah. <laughs> as I say to them all the time, you know, at a gig, I say, you know, there's nothing like playing with a great rhythm section, and this is nothing like playing. <laughs> Great, <laughs> you know, just for shits and giggles. Yeah, nice. Um, I've mislaid a track name, but Sam McNally plays on a. Yeah, he does. Yeah, best days. Plays, yeah, best days. Yeah, that's is. it. 
That's yeah, it. yeah, Sammy's great. He's been a mate of mine. I've worked with him for Jeepers way too long. Yeah. 35 years. Yeah, wow. he's great. Yeah, great Unreal. value. Unreal. Yeah. Uh, we'll, see, we'll see what reaction is. I've had some great reaction from people. I've got a lovely email from Richard yesterday. Richie. Oh, nice. Was, yeah, saying, he says, damn, dude. <laughs> he, uh, what does he say? It, it's quite funny. Uh, there it is. He says, Randall, damn, dude, what an amazing piece of work. Congratulations. This is really spectacular. Your playing is just staggering. He must be talking about Joel and Irwin, I think. <laughs> so excited for you. All the best to you and the fam. Yeah, That's great. So that, yeah, it's nice. I had some great reaction from uh, other mates that I've played it to as well. So yeah, it's cool. all positive so far. But, you know, not everyone's going to like it. People will listen to it and just think dinosaur or what. Well, I don't know, mate, but I'm beyond caring. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think know. you just... We just have a red-hot go. Yeah, know? exactly. Do you whack it out yeah. there. Stay in my lane. Just do what I do. Yeah. Randall, thank you so much for joining me again. Really cool to catch up. On you, brother. Thanks, mate. Thanks for the time. All right, there you go. Randall Wallop back on the Guitar Speak podcast. Man, the album's massive. It's fantastic. So please look out for it. I'll include links to those early interviews I had with Randall, but also Randall's Facebook, probably the best place to keep an eye out, the release dates. And of course, we'll let you know as soon as the record drops. Hey, thank you so much for joining me. My great thanks also to Fretboard Biology, sponsors of the show. Please check out their links in the show notes. And of course, we like to leave you with a little bit of wisdom from Mr. Michael Schenker, who told us way back in episode number 150. Keep rocking, keep on rocking. Keep on rocking, indeed. All right, we'll catch you next time. Bye now.